Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so grateful and honored you chose to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Before I introduce you to today's guest, I have two things that I want to share with you. First, I want to make sure you're aware that every Monday morning, we're now releasing a new part of the show called Talk Therapy with Rachel. These segments are always less than 10 minutes, and the heart behind them is to create space for God to move in our hearts and lives. I've already heard great feedback from many of you who've tuned in, so keep those testimonies coming. Next, I want to say a special thank you to Loved and Blessed. They've been a huge supporter of this show since day one, and you might have seen me unbox my monthly box of encouragement from them on Instagram stories. So if you're able, please visit their website and find a box to gift someone who could use some encouragement in their mailbox. They're my go-to place for gifts, so you can just head to lovedandblessed.com to shop. All right, let's introduce you to today's guest, Deborah Folletta. Deborah is a licensed professional counselor specializing in dating, marriage, and relationship issues, along with the spectrum of mental health disorders and issues. She's the author of True Love Dates, Choosing Marriage, and Love in Every Season. She's the host of the Love and Relationship Podcast. It's a hotline-style show where people call in to get their relationship questions answered. How fun is that? Deborah and I chatted about her new book, Love in Every Season, as well as practical tips for every relationship to navigate tough seasons, which I think many of us are currently walking through as this airs. So let's jump into that conversation I had with Deborah. Well, hello, Deborah. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. This is one of those times where. I love that I'm a podcaster because we are currently in quarantine. I don't know, um, here, yep. here in Texas, actually, just yesterday, we are on actual full house lockdown other than essentials, like grocery store and essential doctor visit kind of stuff. So how about you guys there? Yeah, we're not quite there yet. At least they haven't spoken it aloud, but basically all non-essential businesses are closed and there's really nowhere to go except for the essentials. So yeah. we're just trying to stay in as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the, the time where technology is just awesome because we can still get together and, and chat and hopefully bring some hope to some people who might be listening today. And so yes. be- before we jump into our conversation that we're going to have, one fun thing I like to do is I like to ask my guests if there is anything about you, random fact that I would not have read in your professional bio. So many things. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I am fluent in Arabic. So that's always something that people don't know about me. Can you say something for us? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Let's do the whole... We can do the entire yeah. thing in Arabic if you want. Yeah. What'd you just say? I don't know how encouraging that would be. <laughs> I don't know. That was just kind of neat to listen to. What'd you say to me? I said, hello, how are you? And I'm excited to be doing this podcast with Rachel today. That's so cool. I love it. That's a that's a super fun fact. Thank you. Okay, yeah. so you are a licensed counselor, right? Right. That's I know my listeners are so sick of me t- saying this, but I'm in school. I'm very getting close to being done with my grad school work as a becoming a licensed counselor as well. Yay. And that so, is so awesome. Yeah. I always love to pick brains of those who have gone before me and have been practicing and using us. And so I'm kind of curious what made you want to become a counselor? 
You know, I always thought I was going to go into medicine. I come from a family of doctors. And so that's kind of the pathway that I always thought I would take. And then I did these courses when I was in high school where you kind of got integrated into the hospital setting. And I remember the thing I enjoyed the most was the patient interaction and not actually the medical part, the conversations and the the heart to hearts. And I just realized that that's where God was leading me is, is the mental and emotional health aspect of physical health, you know, our, our overall health and really just focusing on the mental and emotional piece through counseling. That's awesome. How long have you been a counselor? Over a decade now. Wow. And but you you homeschool your kids now. So are you still practicing or how does that look like for you? Yeah, I am. Right now I'm practicing online and I have moved my private practice office into my home. And now that, you know, my website, truelovedates.com is kind of a, a global ministry. And so I get to meet with people from all across the country and world. Thanks to technology, I can do that online. That's so awesome. I love that. I am also curious, why did you decide to focus your work on relationships specifically? You know, I didn't ever decide that. It it was kind of something that God just directed me. When I first started out in private practice, you sort of start developing your, your niche by accident. And what I mean by that is I was always passionate about relationships and marriage and dating. I've always been one of those people, you know, I was 16 and reading relationship and marriage books. So I've always been interested in the topic I remember when John and I were dating and I was just so grateful to do it the right way because in the past I had done it the wrong way. And now that I was in this amazing dating relationship and God was really working on my heart, I remember saying to myself, one day I really want to focus on this and write a book about it. Mm. And during that time I was counseling and it's interesting because God just kept bringing clients into my office that were dealing with relationship issues. And so it kind of became my specialty by default. But looking back, I see God's hand in every step of the process. Oh, that's so neat. That's encouraging to me as I come towards the end and people are starting to be like, so what are you doing with this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, figuring that out. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. totally. And you don't have to know, you know, in the beginning, I, I did everything from addictions to depression and anxiety and, and infidelity. And I mean, you name it. But now I've sort of begun to specialize. That doesn't mean I don't see and do other things. I still enjoy that other aspect. But yeah, God will kind of lead you where he wants you to be. Yeah, that's so good. What would you say your favorite part of being a counselor is? I will never take lightly the the power of the one-on-one interaction and how the Holy Spirit can just work in a mighty way when you have that safe place to process. And and even though now my ministry is kind of so much online, so much through podcasts and and big events where there's, you know, thousands of people. It's not a one-on-one interaction, but my favorite is still those opportunities of one-on-one conversation and watching God work. Yeah, that's so good. All right. So you kind of mentioned a second ago about that you always wanted to write a book and you have recently wrote a book. Can you tell us a little about that? My latest book is called Love in Every Season. And it's understanding the four stages of every healthy relationship. So one thing I observed as a licensed counselor working with clients and working with married couples and pre-marriage and all kinds of different couples is that just as nature cycles through four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter, so do relationships. They cycle through these four seasons again and again and again. And each time through, the seasons offer you ingredients 
and opportunities that will make or break your relationship depending on how you navigate through each season. And so I kept seeing this pattern come up over and over again. The natural seasons in nature were just this amazing backdrop, this amazing template to what actually happens in our hearts when we're going through earthly relationships. Wow, that is so powerful. So just to be clear for people listening, would you say that this book and this theme that you saw, is it applicable to both single dating and married relationships? Yeah, absolutely. I I would say that. And and specifically, I say that because so much of my ministry, I include singles in everything that I do because I really feel like healthy relationships start with healthy singles. Mm. And, and so really the bottom line, when you're looking through love in every season at the end of each chapter, you're going to find reflection questions where you can apply the content. And there's two sets of reflection questions. One is the set to go through for couples and the other set is reflection questions for singles. So they can apply this content to themselves as well as to the relationships with parents, with roommates, with friends, however, however God leads them to apply these concepts to their other relationships as well. Okay, you just dropped a truth bomb. You dropped many, but the one that I wrote down is healthy relationships start with healthy singles. I love that. And I really love how you've included them in the book. I have the book and I've gotten to read lots of it. And so I I saw that and I immediately was drawn to that as well, because so often we'll say to singles, oh, just read the married stuff and apply it as you see fit, you know, but it still almost leaves them on the outside looking in like, can I really apply this? Or am I just being weird to read this marriage book and like apply it, you know, try to apply it to myself. So I just, that is so powerful. I love that. You kind of talked a little bit about how we have these different seasons. Can you tell us about these seasons? Yeah, let's do a a quick summary of all the different seasons. So first we start in the season of spring and spring is the season of new beginnings. Mm. It's the season when attraction is blooming and affection is starting to grow. Spring is also the season of fast and rapid growth. I mean, in the season of spring, things are really growing fast and the relationship really starts to grow in the season of spring. So you've got to take inventory during that time of growth is this relationship one where I'm giving and receiving or is this relationship one where I'm just giving, giving, giving? Like you really get to know that in the beginning of a relationship. The other important thing to remember about the season of spring is that it's a season of planting, mm-hmm. planting good seeds. If you want to see good fruit later on in the relationship, you've got to start with planting good seeds, healthy seeds in the season of spring. So that's essentially the different topics topics that I really dig deep in, in this section of spring. Then we move on to the season of summer. Summer is when things get hot and we start shedding our layers and revealing a little bit more about who we are. Summer is the season of intimacy, the heat of intimacy. Um, and, and, and we're starting to develop intimacy in several ways. We're starting to develop intimacy in our emotional connection. We're starting to develop intimacy in our spiritual connection, and we're starting to develop intimacy as well in our physical connection because you're moving a little bit more toward each other in this season of summer. And then we move on to the season of fall. Fall is the season when your true colors start to shine through, and you you realize in fall that the green is gone. All of a sudden, there's all these different colors that you didn't know existed before. There's conflict. There's compatibility issues. You realize you're two different people with two different personalities. You come from completely different family of origins. You have different expectations of what you bring to the table of a relationship. So 
it can be a tricky season for people to navigate because of that conflict that tends to come up. But fall is a beautiful season because the conflict is an invitation to deeper connection mm. if you're willing to look for it. And I really think the season of fall can really take your relationship to the next level if you learn how to navigate conflict in a healthy way. And lastly, we move into the season of winter. And typically, winter is a season of a relationship where things start to cool off. The infatuation that we felt in summer um, starts to get replaced by that normalcy, the comfort, the mundane of everyday life. I always say that in spring, we were making out. In winter, we're making runs to Home Depot. Like life looks a little different in winter. Things have kind of slowed down. And the, the dangerous thing about winter, well, let me start with the good thing about winter. The good thing is that there's comfort. There's familiarity. You know, when you've been married for quite some time and you reach the season of winter, there is nothing like that deep comfort that you have with the person that you're with. But if we're not careful, that comfort can turn into apathy. Mm. And we find that our relationship has cooled off. We're not being deliberate anymore. We're not being intentional anymore. And now things are starting to freeze over. And so that's where we have to be cautious in this season of winter to make sure that we're practicing the right things and make sure that we're, we realize that winter is not a season that is meant to be stayed in. It's a season that's meant to be passed through, just like all the other seasons. And so that's the hope of the seasons is that we don't have to get stuck in any of them. You know, God meant for us to pass through them and build and build and build our connection and our relationship with each pass through. Oh my goodness, this is so good. So I have several questions. I guess I'm going to ask the first one because you just talked about winter. So for a couple who has is has been together for a very long time, can they come yeah. out of that winter season? Not only can they come out of it, but they should come out of it. That's the goal. Yeah. The goal is that we realize that we're in the season of winter and we make the most of it. The goal is to realize then, okay, if we want to see ourselves move into a new season, we need to start planting those seeds of spring all over again. Mm -hmm. What are the seeds that we are planting? Because that's what's going to produce fruit in this relationship. And one thing I always say is when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter that we all quote at our weddings, love is a series of decisions. It has nothing to do with a feeling. It's just simply a series of decisions. And those are the seeds that we plant. Those are the seeds we begin to plant again and again, especially if we find ourselves in the season of winter, because those are the things that are going to pave the way for spring to come again. Yeah. Can most people identify pretty quickly what season they're currently in? Or do you have a way to kind of help them figure that out? I think they can when you when you kind of read through and get an idea. But I also, believe it or not, I have a free quiz on my website that I recently put out there. Um, it's called, Is Your Relationship Healthy? And you'll go through, it takes like four minutes. And at the end, it'll tell you based on your responses, what season you're most likely in and what steps you need to take in this season to help your relationship get to the best place it can be. Okay. Where can they find that quiz online? 
at the website truelovedates.com. Okay. Yeah. So we'll put that in the show notes link, but I just wanted you guys to hear it as well. Uh, that's so good. So, okay. Also, as you were talking, especially when you mentioned spring and you talked about this is the time where we should be planting good seeds, what would you say to somebody listening who is thinking, okay, this makes a lot of sense. But when I look at my relationship, I planted weeds in spring. <laughs> like I did not yeah. plant good stuff. Like how can we do a redo and, and make things right? I love that. So two things I talk about planting, two seeds I talk about in the season of spring that we need to apply also in the season of winter are the seeds of friendship and the seeds of faith. Mm -hmm. And so the seeds of friendship, it's like that is what your relationship was built upon to begin with. You know, the times of fun and connection, the things that you have in common and learning how to reignite that in your life and in your relationship but also the seeds of faith, uh, they have to come back around in winter. And when I say the seeds of faith, I mean, number one, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the Lord, that we're taking ownership of that in our life. But number two, how we're allowing that relationship to help us love our spouse. Because God's word says, if you say you love me and you don't love your brother or sister or spouse, then we need to really take inventory of whether or not you actually love God. And what does that look like? Again, pulling up 1 Corinthians 13 and looking through that list. Am I being patient with my spouse? How does that look like? Where can I be more patient? Am I being kind? Am I being envious of my spouse? And maybe the, maybe, you know, I'm going to just put this out there. You know, the, the, the thing that kills most marriages is when we start to keep score of who's doing more than the other person. And, you know, I, I help the kids this many times now it's your turn to help the kids. And, and all of these things, I consider that a form of envy because we want what the other person has or what, what we think they have or what they're doing or what they're not doing. So if we go through first Corinthians 13, I really believe we'll be convicted. The Lord is going to show you what seeds you need to start planting off of that list and what actions you can begin to take that is going to have an impact on your relationship. The seeds that you plant today are going to make an impact for tomorrow. So really being deliberate about taking inventory of our own heart. And I will say, I will say, I think it's easier to take inventory of our spouse's heart mm. and what they're not doing on that list. But really it's got to start with us because that's the only thing we have control of. And when we start to shift the entire relationship starts to shift. Yeah. I love that you just said when we ask the Lord to show us what seeds to plant, he'll show us because it'd be really easy for you to give us all a checklist of these are the seeds you should plant. And of course, you know, there's obviously obvious ones that we all can and should be planting. But that really just speaks to me because I am a big believer in that if we're not spirit led within our own relationships and our own family and asking God, okay, what is, what is my relationship mean now? Like he knows better than anybody else knows. Like this, these are the things that I want you to invest in for this season. And so I love that you, you brought that to it. Are there any of the seasons that you feel like are the toughest? Do you think winter's the toughest or no? You know, I think they're all tough in their own way, but I do think the severity of winter is kind of based on how we pass through the other seasons. Mm. So for planting good seeds in spring, and if we are building intimacy in summer, and if we're managing conflict in a healthy way in fall, we're going to find that winter isn't as severe when we get there. 
So I kind of feel like winter is sort of the indicator of how well we've done in the other seasons. Because if we're building emotional connection and we're doing all the right things, winter isn't going to feel as difficult. You know, it's going to feel manageable. And so if we are struggling in winter, the best thing we can do is go back to those other seasons and think, okay, what did I miss in this season? What can I do better in this season? And seasons aren't necessarily linear in our relationships. It's not like every three months, all of a sudden we wake up and we're in a new season. They can happen at the same time. They can overlap each other. But the idea is understanding the key themes in each season and taking inventory of how we can do better with those relationships. Yeah. And I love that you said that about the how we do in the other seasons is really going to dictate how well winter goes. If somebody recognizes they're in a certain season, can we make the steps to move ourselves into a new season or do those have to happen organically? We can definitely take the steps. Okay. That is the key. We can be responsible and we can take action. And one one thing about being a counselor, Rachel, that you'll probably appreciate is counselors are really wired to offer practical next steps. Um, it's not just about listening and not just, you know, people have this false idea that you go into a counselor's office and you sit on a couch. It's like, you might as well talk to a wall. You tell them all your feelings and you leave. But that's not the truth. A counselor, their job is to objectively look into your situation and help offer you next steps. Yeah. So all throughout the book, there are practical suggestions and next steps because I want people to know that not only are they invited to take responsibility for their relationships, but they are obligated to take responsibility for their relationships because it's God's gift to us. And we have to take that gift seriously and make the most of it. That is up to us. Yeah. I'll tell you why I asked that question and I love your answer to it is because so often, you know, we hear that phrase all the time. This is just, this, this season will pass. This is just a season. It will pass. And that's true. But I think sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch while it passes. You know, like I'm just going to exactly. sit, I'm going to sit here and wait for it to pass. And I'm just doing nothing. And, but I love that you said, yes, like there are steps and there's practical steps, especially in your book and that we are responsible to take responsibility to move through those seasons and move through well. So I love that so much. So I would definitely say we are currently in an, a unique season. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're, you know, quarantined. And that means maybe more spouses are, are kind of working from home together, uh, juggling a new life with kids and all the things. What would you talk about when you enter into a season of, of crisis or conflict? Do you have any words of wisdom for that? Yeah, you know, crisis often brings conflict. Because it's that pressure that, that we're getting pressed up against and we realize all the junk inside starts to come out, you know, it's not like it wasn't there before, but now it's getting pressed on and, and what's inside of us really starts to come out. And I've been getting so many messages from people who are asking me like, we need help because we are, we are around each other so much. All our junk is coming to the surface. We're getting into so many arguments that are turning into conflict and how do we deal with conflict? And so like you said, you don't just say, well, this season will pass and just wait around and do nothing. You say, okay, how can I be responsible for my reactions and my interactions in this season? What does it look like for me? So, you know, in the, in the section of fall where we talk, pull out some key components of how to manage conflict in a healthy way, how to make the most of conflict, how to see it as not, not just 
this this difficult thing, but rather see it as an invitation, an opportunity. When I have conflict, I'm going to use it to connect with my family, to draw closer to them so that we can get through, get through this season better than when we started this season. And so some ways to manage conflict, first of all, prepare for it. You know, when you have money in your emotional bank account and then somebody comes to make a withdrawal, it doesn't hurt because you have the money, you have the emotional capacity. But when somebody comes to withdraw from your bank account through conflict and you don't have the emotional resources because you're feeling empty, it's going to hurt and sting even more. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to prepare for conflict. Mm -hmm. That means you've got to start making emotional investments in one another, connecting with each other, encouraging each other, setting time aside to talk, setting time aside to build your relationship, to pray for each other. All of those are positive investments that you are making in your emotional account so that when conflict comes and you have to withdraw from that emotional account, you have what it takes. You're prepared for it. That's the first key to managing conflict well. The other thing I would say is don't be afraid of conflict. Some people think that running away from conflict and just avoiding it, repressing it, pushing it under the rug is the best option. But really those people scare me the most because that pressure has to go somewhere. And you're either dealing with it now or it's building up and it's going to come out in an unhealthier way later on. So don't fear conflict. Don't run from it, but embrace it. The other thing that's important is to understand your conflict style. There's five different types of conflict. There's avoiders. That's clear. We just talked about them. There's accommodators who they they just basically do whatever the other person wants because they'd rather do that than deal with conflict. There's compromisers who are like, I'll give 50 if you give 50. There's collaborators who say, I want everybody to win in this situation. How can we all come out winners? And then there's the competitors. Competitors are basically the my way or the highway type of people. And if you can identify yourself in one of those people, the key is, is my conflict style healthy? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people say, well, that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. But just because it's who you are doesn't mean it's who God wants you to be. And learning how to become a compromiser and a collaborator versus someone who avoids versus somebody who competes is an important part in managing conflict. Well, take ownership of your conflict style. You weren't born that way. And you've got to learn how to handle conflict in a healthy way. The other thing I would say that comes straight from scripture is understand before being understood. Mm. You know, the book of James reminds us to be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry. Am I going into these conversations with the attitude of, I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to hear you. And if we can change that small thing, that small perspective, it will help us go into conflict in a healthy way. There's a few more steps, but I'm going to, I'm going to fast forward and zoom in on, on the last step because I think it's really key. Get to the root. You know, so many times when we're in close quarters, superficial things can really irritate us. It's like, oh, why are you doing that? It's bothering me. Pick those up or do this. Or why didn't you load the dishwasher? All these little things. But really, I think it's important for us to get to the root. Is it really about the dishwasher right now? Or am I feeling undervalued and overworked? And I need to get to the root of how I'm feeling and really express that. Am I just upset that my mom didn't call me today? Or am I sitting here feeling like I'm lonely and maybe I'm feeling unloved and, and I'm starting to doubt my worth. 
what is really going on? Because usually this thing that we're fighting about is not actually rooted in this. It's rooted in something else, something a little bit deeper. And when we can get to the root of what it is that's actually bothering us and communicate it, our conflict can go so much better and can be so much healthier and how we really deeply connect with each other. Yeah. What's a practical way for people to get to the root of that, of what's really happening? I think it starts with just being mindful. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we're just in this default mode where we don't even think about what we're really feeling. Sometimes what it takes is for us to stop and ask ourselves that question. It's not just going to come magically to us. We actually have to take the time to stop. And again, bring God, bring the Lord into it, bring the, bring the Holy spirit into it and just say, Lord, I'm really struggling right now. I'm really stressed. I'm really annoyed. I'm really angry. Can you help me identify what am I really feeling right now? What is really bothering me? And how can I communicate that in the healthiest way possible? Cause there's so many things, so many layers, but we don't often take the time to stop and be mindful of what's really going on on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think also just with the current situation that we're living in and in our world, I think we're taking in so much from the media and social media and it's weighing really heavy on our hearts. And instead of processing it, we're kind of word bombing it onto our, our spouse or our kids or our whoever, you know, whoever comes to our pathway, unfortunately. And so that's been something I've really had to be more mindful in. And and one thing that really jumped out to me too, and us talking about these seasons today is I think that when we recognize we're all, we're on the same team, you know, like Mm -hmm. this, this battle we're in, the enemy loves to turn us towards each other, but I always remember like, that's his thing. He's like, man, if I can just turn them towards each other, then I can just walk away. I don't even have to be here anymore. You know, as long as as they're against each other, then we're good. So that's the biggest thing I have recognized in our household is I have to remind myself my battle is not against flesh and blood, you know, but it's against complete unseen forces that, you know, he's just working overtime to turn us against each other. And so when I think of that, that my battle is not against my spouse or against my kids or against the circumstances we're in, and I turn and link arms with them, then it helps me to see, okay, maybe, maybe something that we didn't recognize was maybe I'm going to use the example spouse, even though this could be applied in any situation, maybe we've been in a winter season and we entered into this crisis conflict mode. And so this could be a great time for us to make that decision to go, you know what? We're moving out of winter. I don't care. You know, we're going into spring. I don't care if I'm, yes. you know, I'm quarantined in my home. We're going to invest in each other right now. We're going to plant seeds in each other and I'm going to plant seeds in my kids and I'm going to, you know, that's not canceled, right? Like <laughs> that's not shut Absolutely. down, like investing in our relationships. That's the one thing that we can all really do in this season. And so I, I love how you broke down those seasons and and also gave those really practical tips in conflict and crisis and different things like that. So as we wrap up today, is there any other words of wisdom or advice you'd like to leave them with or anything from your book you want you, you want to share that's really on your heart that you feel like would be good for people to hear? You know, I think I'll end with this idea. We, we mentioned it briefly in the beginning, but, you know, we can apply this to, to singles, but we need to also apply this to ourselves. If we want healthy relationships, we have got to begin by being healthy standing alone. And whether or not we're married, it doesn't matter. Um, Healthy relationships can only happen when we start by looking in and taking responsibility for our portion of what we bring to the table of relationships. So even if you're in a marriage where you think, 
my spouse isn't going to go for any of this stuff. He won't even listen to this podcast or he's, she's never going to read this book or whatever. You can begin the process with yourself and you absolutely should take ownership and trust God with the part that you cannot control, which is your spouse. And you continue working on yourself with hope and with courage, because really that's what it takes when you feel like you're doing it alone. But, but remember that God is on your side and he's going to, going to give you what you need to help you navigate through every single season. I'm so glad you said that because that is so true. There are definitely people listening who are going, well, this is great for me, but, and so I'm so glad that you said that. It's a great reminder for all of us. So where can people connect with you online and grab a copy of your latest book? You've written other books too, correct? Yeah, I have two other books right now. True Love Dates is a book for those who are single and dating. Choosing Marriage is a book all about like the top eight things, the top hot topics about marriage. And then Love in Every Season is my third book. You can find information about my books anywhere you get your books. You can also connect with me and get more resources at truelovedates.com. You can find out about my podcast. You can find out about books, courses, articles. And then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at True Love Dates as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and I'm excited to release this. I know this is going to bless a lot of people. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for what you're doing for people all around the country. Thank you. Wasn't that conversation I had with Deborah so timely and enlightening? I had never thought of relationships in that light until I read Deborah's book and chatted with her today. Speaking of books, I have a huge bundle of books to give away this week, so don't forget to be entered to win free goodies just text the phrase real talk giveaway that's all one word to the number 44222 on your cell phone i randomly select winners for the guest books and just by being on that list you're entered to win all right friends that's all for today i pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real living free and pursuing your god-given dreams i'll see you back here next time on real talk with rachel